0: I hear all the time about so many people with depression today. There are foods that can help to break the depression as well. You don't have to be resigned to that you're going to to take X number of medications because you've got this problem with chronic depression. If we look at and assess your lifestyle and where things have gone wrong to get you to that point in the first place, we can help you so that. Your nutrients that you need are being supplied in your foods, and sometimes you need to supplement with vitamins and minerals as well, so that you can supply those things and break out of it, get rid of that brain fog.
1: We're here with Helen Connolly, who is a certified functional nutrition coach and she is a co-author with pat Masidi in the book inspired miracles and we are going to be speaking today about good health and energy in your body being physically fit doing your best having an active body and mind and helen is going to give us all the secrets to that so helen glad to be speaking with you
0: good to to talk to you today too
1: fantastic and so there's so, so much said about weight loss, diet, nutrition, all these things, there's so much noise, you can search this on Google or YouTube, and there's millions of results, so how does someone begin to make sense of all this, and what has been your focus in this area lately?
0: I've recognized the problem, because there is so much confusion out there, and unfortunately, when it comes to health and diet, there is a tendency to go with the latest fad and the media is great at promoting the latest like if it's paleo or keto or whatever the trend may be so everyone latches onto that as if it's the silver bullet but we've actually come a long way particularly since our genetics in research has been happening into being able to determine the best nutrition for an individual. So there is no silver bullet and what will appropriately help people in some instances, is not going to be appropriate for another group of people. In fact, the genetics has become it's a, it's an evolving area so please don't get me wrong we can't determine everything from genetics yet there's constantly new research coming out but it can actually not only determine which nutrients you need it can tell what tendencies you have for certain diseases and even personality traits so there is just you it's a, it's a really good guideline. It's not the, the be-all and end-all because it's not just our genetics. Genetics is only a small contribution to how we end up as far as our health goes. But it does indicate predispositions. Having that knowledge and looking at our family history and looking at patterns of ill health and things like that can go along and your own self as to what conditions you might've suffered with can go a long way towards helping you determine where there are issues that you need to try to avoid. For instance, I only had my genetics testing done on about six weeks ago. And I'm really thankful that all of my adult life, I have tried to pursue a path of health, if for no other reason, because of family history, my dad passed away from heart disease. And when you see a loved one go through what he went through, some people just accept it as fate and think, oh, there's heart disease in my family, I might or may not get heart disease. But I looked at it differently. And I thought, I'm determined that I'm not going to follow down that path if I can possibly help it all of my adult life, I've been into exercise and trying to do the right things by my body. And over the years, I have fine-tuned my diet and considerably to what I thought was a healthy diet in my, say, late 20s and 30s. I have narrowed things down a lot more. And I've, having had my genetics tested, I've had it confirmed that there are genetic patterns of weakness that have a tendency towards heart conditions and other things as well. So I was really thankful that I have actually pursued that path all of my life. I've actually had no symptoms whatsoever. In fact, I've had an illness-free life other than the odd cold here and there that I would have in the winter time. And I haven't even had that for Oh, at least six years or more now. There are, we have the power, we have the power in our hands to determine to a large extent, whether we're going to allow fate to take over. And when we look at family, it isn't just the genetics, but often it's the lifestyle patterns that we take after from our parents or grandparents as well. So if you've been living in a family that doesn't like to cook fresh nutritious meals and you take the quick option to call in at the drive-through and buy a lot of high fat processed foods, then oftentimes as children, if that's the lifestyle that you've been used to, I guess when you grow up, you might tend to follow that path too. Now that wasn't the case with my family. My family came from Eastern Europe after the Second World War and migrated to Australia. So I grew up with a lot of national sort of foods when I was very young. But as I got older, my mum was taking shortcuts and buying a lot of processed foods too, which were not particularly good. But then when I moved out and had to provide the nutrition for my own family, I was one who would almost always make everything from scratch with raw ingredients. I was thankful for that, but I have fine-tuned things a lot over the years. And one of the other tendencies I found, which I didn't know, about seven years ago when I got really serious about the functional nutrition aspect, I followed a program for a week, which was a cleanse, which cut out all gluten and dairy. And lo and behold, as I got my genetics testing back, it didn't say that I was likely to become a celiac, but it did say that I had a likelihood to be predisposed to having issues with gluten. So once again I have by by changing my diet about seven years ago and removing gluten or anything to do with it, I found amazing differences in my body, even as far as weight control, because I'd never really had an issue with weight because of my nutrition emphasis or my adult life. But as I got to those middle years where women go through changes, I found that even with copious amounts of exercise, I was starting to notice a bit of a creep with my weight. And thankfully for me, I always made a determination, I set an upper limit. And I thought, I'm never going to let myself get beyond a certain size because I didn't want to have to look at wearing larger clothes. And I actually felt uncomfortable with extra weight. I've only got a very small frame. So even 10 kilos overweight would make me feel sluggish and uncomfortable. I started to find a little bit of creep in my middle years, even though I was exercising heavily. But just by removing the gluten and dairy from my diet, that went within a matter of weeks and then I realized that it wasn't fat it was fluid when you're eating foods that can cause inflammation they can cause fluid retention in your body as well and once I cut those foods out it happened very rapidly actually that I lost all that and since I've maintained that lifestyle now and that nutrition and now with my genetics I can refine it even further I'm finding I've got no problem with weight at all. In fact, I don't have to do copious amounts of exercise. I can just exercise at a moderate level, which is what you want to do as you're getting older anyway. And and even with the genetics, there is genetic tendencies that predispose people to be good at certain things. Like you look at athletes, there are actually genetics that will make someone really good at long distance endurance exercise and there is genetics that will make people really good at sprinting so understanding these things helps to channel us in the right direction so that we can actually live a healthy lifestyle and do what we can to prevent chronic disease and then there are people who will always throw a spanner in the works and say oh yes but I know someone who's 95 years of age, who drinks like a fish and smokes like a chimney, and they're still going, while a lot of other people who they knew who were living a healthy lifestyle didn't, and they only lived to say 70 or 75. And I've got an answer for that too. They may well have the genetics that doesn't predispose them to as much illness that they can probably get away with more than perhaps I can. But that doesn't mean that we're all like that. But that's an answer to that issue where people will bring that up as a, oh, I'm just going to enjoy life. But just think for a minute, enjoying life, if you're doing all those things that are giving you a tendency towards disease and pain in your latter years, is that really enjoying life? You I know, don't think so. like no, exactly. So if we really want to enjoy life, don't we want to feel as fit and healthy as we can for as long as we possibly can? Yes you know, yes, so five minutes of pleasure chewing on fast food, a lot of sweets and things like that, is it really worth it compared to long-term gain? So we have to think about what are our priorities? And I know that diet and lifestyle in our fast modern world often gets put on the shelf or ignored and we just do the things that are convenient and easy. But There's long-term consequences for a lot of us, and the statistics can show that forward. If you want to have a look, even in Australia, the heart disease is still the number one killer in this nation. And I was quite shocked because I had a look at the statistics, 20 and 21, and about 5% of the population has diabetes. That's five out of 100 people in this nation have diabetes. And if it's type one, understandably, that's genetically related as well. But to some degree that can be helped with diet and lifestyle too. But type two is adult onset diabetes. And in the Western nations, we're seeing more of an onset even with teenagers and younger people now with type two diabetes. And that is totally lifestyle related. If we modify our lifestyle factors, we can get over that. And there's a lot of people who can testify about how they conquered type 2 diabetes by totally radically changing their lifestyle. And some of them were at the point where they almost had to have a a limb amputated because of neuropathy neuropathy peripheral peripheral neuropathy and that's a very serious consequence isn't it to think that your lifestyle has gotten you to a point like that isn't it
1: yes you've given us a lot to think about so far in our conversation and so you're saying that there are all of these fad diets and there's all this information out there but then there's all these things you hear about how people get on a diet they fall off and then they end up gaining more weight than before they joined it and there's all of these just excuses right there's all these reasons why people say oh here's why i'm overweight here's why I, i eat this and it seems like what you're saying is that a change needs to happen in the habits and in the lifestyle where it's easy to grow up in a family that doesn't prepare their own foods and then maybe you do or maybe you prepare your own foods at first but then as the years go by you get older it's easy to drift and then fall into these bad habits of just always going to the processed foods the convenient foods the fast food and if someone out there says okay I know I need to get my health better. I know I need to change up some of these things. And I've heard all this stuff like I should drink lots of water. I should walk around the block. I should eat a salad, but many people don't do it. So why is that? Why are people still stuck? And do you have any advice on how to spring people into action?
0: It's convenience, isn't it? It's a fast lifestyle that we have people work all day, Both partners in a household work all day. They come home and it's often an easy trap to fall into where we purchase pre-prepared foods. And we don't think any further of it often. Uh, So it is something that is costly as far as time. If we're going to make the effort to prepare something nutritious, we have to shop and we have to make sure that we have on hand the things that we need for it. But preparing nutritious food doesn't have to take a lot of time. And I myself, when I had a, I had four children with less than five years apart, and I worked 12 hours a day away from home. I was working in the centre of Sydney for a lot of my life and lived in the Blue Mountains, which is over an hour's commuting time in one direction. I could have easily fallen into that trap myself but I was determined it's a it's determination you have to determine what your priorities are and then you map out a path for where you're going to head and establish goals if you know that you've been living a very poor lifestyle and you know that your health is already suffering then think about where you want to be in six months down the track or 12 months down the track, because it's not going to change overnight. And you don't want to radically change everything at once either. But if you make a plan for yourself to say, okay, this is what where I want to be in six months time. And week by week you change some of those bad habits. Even if you start with one or two things, okay, I'm going to determine that I'm going to spend X number of minutes at least three or four times a week getting some exercise. And I'm going to cut out the cakes and the cookies. And then gradually you can change it because if if you try to do everything all at once, you won't get anywhere. But the other thing is, A lot of people do need coaching. They need someone there who supports their ideas of changing their lifestyle and can be there to support them and provide a means of accountability for them. So you really need to commit yourself to determine that you're not going to continue down this path because you value your health above everything else. And don't look to the government to give X number of million dollars to the health industry. Because once you get sick, it's a long journey to try to get healthy again. But it's a lot easier to prevent that illness in the first place. Don't you think so?
1: I agree completely. That's a good insight. That it's easier to say, oh, I'll just, I'll let it get really bad and I'll fix it. But you're saying, don't let it get so bad.
0: Exactly. And there are a lot of indicators that we can go by too, because I've already spoken a little bit about genetics and genetics can not only tell us what health predispositions we have for certain illnesses, but it can also determine where we are likely to have deficiencies for certain vitamins. You get these people who will say, you just need to eat nutritious foods. And that's true. But what's nutritious for one person, the other person may not actually be absorbing some of the nutrients they vitally need. Genetics goes part of the way to telling us where that's likely to be. But not all of those genes might be activated. And that's another story I could spend a few hours explaining to people. But the easiest way to confirm it is not only if you've been to doctors recently and you had blood tests done functional nutrition looks at specific markers in the blood that doctors may overlook because often they're only looking for illness with diabetes. They're already looking for someone who's pre-diabetic, but as a functional nutritionist, we'll say, look, your insulin levels look like they are very high. You're headed towards fatty liver disease um, and metabolic imbalances so if we capture them early in the piece you can modify your behavior so that you can stop it in its tracks without ever getting to that point of needing medication for it so these are all things to think about the testing can be done blood testing and organic acids testing to actually verify where you may have nutrient imbalances because basically our bodies function well when we supply all the nutrients they need there are cells dying in our body all the time there is new cells coming all the time and people don't think about that they just think about food I think our society really has moved towards food just being a pleasure item don't you think that's so much the case it's promoted for our pleasure our leisure our relaxation the images come up of sitting in a tropical island sipping on your alcoholic drinks and your whatever you might fancy but food in its basic comp- the components and its function is to provide the body with all of the biochemicals and the nutrients that are needed to run the processes in our body that regenerate the tissue and keep it going in a healthy way. So obviously you're not going to think about food in that way at the next meal, because we all want pleasure out of it. We we can get pleasure though, out of giving it foods that are really enjoyable and still provide us with the nutrients that we need to.
1: Well, you've given us a lot to think about that, we have been advertised to and it's something to be aware of as far as the way that we have this relationship with food and that might be that relationship where we just see it as a pleasure activity or we maybe think that we don't have the time to prepare these meals you don't have the time now but you'll definitely have to have the time later on to deal with diabetes to deal with the heart conditions and so it's, it seems to be just Something we need to all wake up to if we've been drifting through life all these years or if it has turned into this just situation, then one single miracle diet will not save us. Getting this blood test will help, but that's just the first step of many. And so as we're winding down our conversation here, Helen, do you have any sort of dieting or weight loss advice that you don't normally hear because you hear a lot of replace sodas with water or you hear about eating smaller portions but have you come across anything that is interesting and unique that you don't normally hear a lot
0: yes there is some one item i can tell you that's a good takeaway even as far as women who are expectant they're often taking folic acid supplements okay because they want to avoid neural tube defects and things like that but an important takeaway and i want to let everybody know this is beware if you're taking folic acid you need to take the active folate form not folic acid if you understand the biochemistry which i'm not sure that i want to get deeply into but folate is the active form that our body can use in our biochemical processes. And it helps with a lot of processing. It's a process called methylation and it's an extremely important process in our body and we need folate. But if we're taking folic acid, it's a synthetic form that our body doesn't absorb as well. It needs to be converted to the active form. But on top of that, it can attach to our folate receptors in the body and block the active form from being taken up and used. Now, people might say "Oh, that I've been taking folic acid tablets and they seem to be okay. Yes, but I'm just telling you, you might be able to get away with a bit. But my advice to you is make sure that you get the active form that's called folate and not folic acid because it can have long-term consequences for your health. So that's one takeaway. And there's a lot of things that I could tell people about which are promoted as good or a silver bullet, but are not. Like you can probably turn on the TV and hear about the latest pill that's going to help weight loss. But all of these chemicals that are introduced to the body often have side effects to the body as well. So the best approach to take is always to try to get our nutrients in a natural way from good foods. And I can coach people on what they can do and help them to avoid the pitfalls. And remember that it's not an overnight process and there aren't any silver bullets. And you can't just go on a temporary diet and then go back to your old lifestyle habits and think that the weight's going to stay off. And we've seen that. We, we can give examples, even media personalities that lost lots of weight and have put it all back on and then some more. Because the whole idea of going on a temporary diet is not going to achieve anything in the long term. It's lifestyle factors over the years that have got us into trouble in the first place. So we need to revolutionise those lifestyle factors so that we can live a path that gets us out of those bad habits and start looking at improving our health. We don't have to live with low energy and brain fog and moods. This I hear all the time. I hear about so many people with depression today There are foods that can help to break the depression as well. You don't have to be resigned to that you're going to to take X number of medications because you've got this problem with chronic depression. If we look at and assess your lifestyle and where things have gone wrong to get you to that point in the first place, we can help you so that your nutrients that you need being supplied in your foods and sometimes you need to supplement with vitamins and minerals as well so that you can supply those things and break out of it get rid of that brain fog back to clear thinking get your energy levels back isn't that's another common one in our modern society everyone's complaining about lack of energy aren't they they're all things that we can consider that we can actually do something about we don't have to be resolved to living like that, we can improve our lifestyle, live a vibrant, happy, and healthy lifestyle again, and look at a positive outcome out of it permanently instead of just a temporary fix to lose a bit of weight.
1: This seems like a brighter future ahead of many people that embrace these new ideas, and so it seems like the the common thread about what you've been saying is that there's not a magic pill, and boy. Do we wish that there was, right? The way that they keep coming out with new things or the way that we would just love to latch onto this idea of, oh, I can continue these bad lifestyle habits, but take this pill and everything will be great. And you're saying that it's a slow and gradual process. It's not necessarily exciting. But once you get to the other side of this and your lifestyle improves, then that is exciting because then you have your energy back, you have your depression going away, you have greater span of your years and more and so if someone out there says i love what helen has been sharing so far i want to continue the conversation i want to check out helen's website i want to check out her books i want to see more of what she's about so i can continue down this path of being healthy and having these good habits what's the next step here what is your contact information and where should someone go
0: there's the a book that's been released, co-authored with Pat Mercedes on Amazon called Inspired Miracles. I have a chapter there and I have a contact. Currently I'm dealing only with emails with my Proton Mail account, and the details are all in the book, though I can give it to you. It's personal nutrition sense at protonmail.com because what I'm doing at the moment is consultations on a personal basis so we go through an extended history of questionnaires which will give me indicators of where there may be issues what organ systems might even have issues and then we take it from there to show you step by step what improvements can be made so there'll be early fixes that you can do And then we'll get into more and more depth depending on how far you want to take the sessions to improve things. Some people might want to do genetic testing. Some people might not want to do genetic testing. We can gain a lot just by looking at family history. Sometimes that simply verifies the genetic testing that you have done later, like it did for me. The easiest thing is to Either go to the book and read it and see what you think in my chapter. See if you think that this is the path that you want to take, or else you can go direct to my email address.
1: Fantastic. And that book can be found at inspiredmiracles.com if you want to check that out. And then if you want to email Helen directly, which you should, the address is nutrition sense at ProtonMail.com because if you continue on the path you're going, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get the same results. And if you're unhappy with where your health, your weight, your energy, your lifestyle is headed, then it is time to make a change now. Not in two years from now but today should be the day that you email nutrition sense at protonmail.com and tell Helen that you want to get this conversation started and see what the path is for you so personal sense at protonmail.com send that email right now we'll see you there and Helen glad talking to you and very insightful and I love your tips your advice it's very helpful very nice
0: thank you Good to talk to you and I'm hoping to get the message out so that there's hope for the future and a brighter future for a lot of people. Thank you.